G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. It's one thing to have a God-given gift or ability. I mean, we all do. It's another thing entirely to use that gift for His glory when we're facing stiff opposition in life, when everybody and everything seems to be against us. Right there in that place is where we want to give up. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me this week on Christianity Works. Today we're going to take a look at what it means to be flowing in your gifting, doing what God's called you to do right in the face of that opposition. So let's head into God's Word and please do stay tuned because in just a few minutes I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet. It's called Rekindling the Flame and I'd love to send you a free copy to help you be all that God made you to be. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been chatting about rekindling the flame, the passion in our hearts for being about the business that God has left us here on earth for. His business, God's business. Many, many Christians love Jesus, they want to follow him, but they've lost their way. Not so much because they don't love the Lord, but because the way they spend their life and their resources and their time isn't what God had intended. What we believe and what we do are meant to be linked. That's why faith without works is dead. What does that mean? It means that if we believe something with all our hearts and yet we fail to live it out with our lives, eventually what we believe will start to die. And that's what's happening for many people who set out on this journey of loving God and following Jesus. Their faith has started to die because they've lost focus on what they're meant to be doing. Interesting how that strikes home. Interesting how we sometimes focus on our faith and forget about living it out and then we wonder why our faith is dwindling. Why we feel like like a rudderless ship on an ocean being tossed this way and that way. Now, can I say, that's something that many people go through. So this week we're continuing on our journey of rekindling the flame by opening up the second letter that the wise old Apostle Paul wrote back in the first century to his young protege, Timothy. Seems that young Tim was having the same problem. Timothy was pastoring a church, and as anyone who's ever tried to do that will tell you, that quite simply is not an easy job. And there are two verses in particular that really leapt out for me in what Paul was saying to Timothy. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, he says, For this reason I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that's within you through the laying on of my hands. And then down to verse 14, Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Coming back to this concept that each one of us has been given a special gift or ability by God. It's it's been handcrafted into our DNA by God himself, and he's done that with a purpose. In Timothy's case, that gift was preaching and teaching, so I guess I relate really well to what Paul is saying to young Timothy in this letter. And clearly Timothy was finding things tough. He was facing quite a bit of opposition from all sorts of people. 
And when things are tough, it's so easy for us to lose focus. It's so easy to forget that God has given us a special gift, that God means for us to exercise and to use that gift, that God's plans and purposes for this world and for the people around us, and indeed for you and for me, are intricately linked to the exercising of that special gift or ability that he's given each one of us. Is that really true, you might ask? Do I really have a gift? And is it really important in the scheme of things? My answer to that is absolutely you do, and absolutely it is. Today, we're going to journey off somewhere else to another letter of Paul's, indeed his letter to the Roman church. And I want to share with you this passage that you might find familiar, because while I was reading it the other day, something leapt off the page for me and into my heart, something that I'd never seen before, despite the fact that I've written a whole book that revolves around this particular passage. Have a listen. It begins at Romans chapter 12, verse 4. Paul writes, For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one in the body of Christ, and individually we're members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Let love be genuine, hate what's evil, hold fast to what's good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honour. Do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord. Now, what this is all about here is explaining how we as men and women and children who love Jesus should live together in a fellowship, in a community of faith. That's how God changes us. That's how God transforms us in community. But how does that community function? Well, quite simply, Paul's saying, guys, we're all different. One of you has been put there by God to speak his will into the community of faith. That's what prophecy is. Another has been put there to minister or to serve. Another to teach, another to exhort or encourage, another to give, another to lead, another to show compassion. You look at that list of seven gifts and it's pretty comprehensive. It's the way things are meant to be. But that's not so much the angle that I want to come at this particular passage from today. As I've said, I've written a whole book about this to help people locate their particular motivational gifting or, as we might call it today, their personality type. But will you please notice with me what Paul says that each of the people with each of these different gifts should be doing, and we all have at least one of these gifts in our maker. The prophet should do what? Prophesy according to his or her faith. The minister or the server should do what? Minister and serve. The teacher should do what? Teach. The leader should lead diligently. The giver should give generously. The one with compassion should show compassion with cheerfulness. In other words, live out your particular gift. Do what God made you to do. Do you see that in the text? It's right here in front of us. God is commanding us to live out who he made us to be. Why are so many people unhappy? Well, simple. They're trying to be someone else. They're trying to do things they were never made to do. And it's by living out this one particular gift that we've been given that we show genuine love. And notice with me how Paul finishes this particular passage off. Verse 11, do not lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit and serve the Lord. Be zealous, be ardent in using your particular gift to serve God. Why are so many of us finding it hard to live out our faith? Why have so many lost the passion? Why has the flame gone out in so many a Christ follower's heart? 
because we've stopped living out the gift that God has given us to live out. It's something we all struggle with. Timothy was struggling with it, which is why Paul writes to him to remind him, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. And friend, today God is reminding you it's time to get back on focus. It's time to get back on purpose because God's plan to bring this lost and hurting world back to him includes you. It includes me. It includes our gifts and our abilities. God's plan is to work through the person he's made you to be, to work through the person he's made me to be, to share his mighty love with the people in our lives. That, my friend, is God's plan. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. So often the gifts and abilities that God's given to his people, people like you and me, are still there, but they're dormant. With all my heart, I believe that God wants you to be all that he made you to be, to use those gifts and abilities for his glory. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Rekindling the Flame, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you do just that, to become all that God made you to be. And you know, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into your situation, into your reality. To request your copy, stop by at ChristianityWorks.com and you'll see that free offer right there towards the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be winging its way to your inbox in just seconds. It really is that easy. Again, that web address is ChristianityWorks.com. Now, we each have a God-given gift or ability, something that we're able to do better than just about anybody else that we know. But it's a funny thing, when we run into opposition and trials in life, the first thing we want to do sometimes is to stop using that gift, to stop living out who God made us to be. Why is that? if you've picked this up in life, but life ain't always easy. Have you noticed that? We kind of figure to ourselves it should be, at least it should be easier than what it is. And yes, there are some great things that happen in life, there really are. But there's always something there, some adversity to seemingly take the shine off things. And I'll tell you what that does to us. It discourages us. It it starts to tear away at the hopes and the dreams that we had for our lives. Have a dear friend, Keith, and in fact, Keith and I have written a book together, and his particular gifting is to be a teacher. Now, he's not the sort of teacher that stands up in front of a classroom and lectures. That's not Keith. He's more your life coach, not a self-appointed, franchise-owning life coach like those you find on the internet, a naturally gifted life coach. People come to him naturally for advice and encouragement, and he helps them to understand their own giftings and their abilities to get their lives back on the right track. This is a God-given gift that Keith has. And his hopes and his dreams for the rest of his life rest on this foundation of his gifting. It's part of who he is. He understands that. He knows the stuff he's not good at and loves, absolutely loves, doing the things that he's good at. But back in the 1980s, he had a surfing accident, broke his neck, and he was almost killed, firstly by the surfing accident and secondly when the rescue helicopter crashed. And some days, Keith today still suffers terrible migraine headaches, totally debilitating. 
I phoned him the other day and he sounded like, like death warmed up. He told me later that he really thought he was going to die that day, that the pain was so bad. But here's the thing about Keith. The adversity doesn't distract him from living out that special gift of teaching and encouragement that God has given him. The adversity doesn't rob him of the dreams he has for blessing other people through his God-given gift. Do you remember last week we chatted about this whole gifting thing through the Apostle Paul's second letter to his young protege, Timothy, who was struggling amidst the adversity of pastoring a growing church and who was at risk of losing sight of his God-given gift. Why? Well, adversity has a way of tearing away at you. So let's take a look at the adversity by listening to what Paul writes to Timothy. If you have a Bible, grab it. I'm reading here from 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. You must understand this, writes Paul, that in the last day distressing times will come, for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, inhuman, implacable, slanderers, profligates, brutes, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to the outward form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid them, for among them are those who make their way into the households and captivate silly women overwhelmed by their sins and and swayed by all kinds of desires, who are always being instructed but can never arrive at a knowledge of the truth. As Yanis and Yambras opposed Moses, so these people of corrupt mind and counterfeit faith also oppose the truth. But they will not make much progress because, as in the case of those two men, their folly will become plain to everyone." Notice how Paul kicks this off. You have to understand this, that in the last days, distressing times will come. It seems that Timothy, maybe a bit like you and me, wasn't expecting adversity. It's not something we hope for or look out for, and invariably one of adversity's biggest impacts on us is the sense of surprise. But Paul's saying, look, young man, don't be surprised. This is the reality. This is what is going to happen to you. I mean, what a litany of horrible things that people do. Do you expect to find those people in your church or in your family or in your circle of friends or or in your workplace? Is that what we expect? No. But Paul's saying, look, don't be surprised. They're there, and more often than not, they're a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing. They hold to the outward form of godliness, but they deny its power. In other words, they're going to pretend that they're holier than thou, But in reality, they're out there to tear you down. Because on the inside, they deny the power of God. And it's in this context, in this reality, in this opposition, that Paul says to Timothy, it's for this reason that I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that's within you through the laying on of my hands. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit who's living in us. You see this, adversity isn't our excuse to give up on doing good. Adversity and criticism and opposition don't give us cause to give up using our God-given gift to love and to bless and to encourage and to comfort and to lead those around us. To the contrary, it's the reality in which we live and it's because of that reality that Paul is calling Timothy and I believe that God is calling you and me to rekindle the flame, to rekindle the gift that he has placed within each one of us. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today because I know without a shadow of a doubt that for some, the dream of using their gift has grown cold. 
I know without a shadow of a doubt that there are some who've pulled off the path that God has chosen for them. Because it's, it's all just too hard. Because people are criticising us. People are coming against us. And they hold us back and all that stuff. Imagine for a moment, just imagine where you and I would be today if Jesus had turned back from the cross because it was all too hard. Adversity is the very place where you and I are called to grow and to exercise our gift because here's the thing, the gift we have is from God. That one special ability that we have to make a difference in other people's lives invariably turns out expressing the love of God to other people who benefit from that God-given gift. Whether, as in Keith's case, as he coaches people back onto the path that God has for their lives, or as in my case, as I use my gift of of storytelling to share the good news of Jesus with you and others, or as in your case, as you use that special gift that God's given you to bless other people. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you be all that God made you to be. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse and some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each day. You can read it, listen to the audio or watch the daily video. It's completely up to you. God's Word, fresh for you each day. And it's completely free. To get instant access, just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. And when you do subscribe, you'll instantly receive a free copy of the e-book, How Can I Hear God Speak to Me? That web address, in case you missed it, is ChristianityWorks.com. So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. Now, do you know what I've noticed? It's awfully easy to lose our way in life. We each have this God-given gift or ability and we head off into life with our dream for using it and then the cares of the world seem to take over and, and we're off on the wrong track. How do we stay focused? How do we get our lives back on track? One of the people with whom I have been greatly blessed in my life is my good friend and mentor, Graham. Graham would be 20-something years older than me, I guess. We first met when he was a lieutenant colonel in the Australian Army and I was a brash young captain. We hit it off and within a few years, he and I and a couple of other ex-military sorts were involved as partners in a management and IT consulting firm. So for almost two decades, I worked with Graham and benefited so much from his great wisdom and insight. To this day, he is seriously one of the wisest men that I have ever met. And if you're a regular listener to this program, much of the wisdom that I'm able to share with you came through the experience of my friendship with Graham. And now in my 50s, as I reflect on life, I realise that that none of us can do it all on our own. We, We need to be surrounded by wisdom from somewhere else. When the going gets tough and we're tempted to to race off in this direction or that, having some wise, trusted counsellor close by, well, you can't put a price on that. You, You just can't. And as we continue our look today at rekindling the gift that God's placed in each one of us, I'd really like to chat about that some more with you. Because when the going gets tough, 
path and we're tempted to pull off the path that God has prepared for us to use our God-given gift for his glory, then right there in that place we need some good advice. As we saw before the break, Timothy was going through some tough times and it was for this reason that Paul reminded him to rekindle the gift of God that was within him through the laying on of Paul's hands. Because God doesn't want us to stop using the gift that he's given us. Well, that's all good in theory, I guess. But when we're in the heat of the battle, when, when emotion and exhaustion and, and misinformation is all around, when, when the fog of war envelops us, how do we stay on track? What do we do to maintain the course that the Lord our God has set for us? Well, that's the question that Paul now goes on to answer for Timothy. I'm reading now from 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning at verse 10. Paul writes, now, look, you've observed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings, the things that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Indeed, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But wicked people and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving others and being deceived themselves. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly believe, knowing from whom you've learnt it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. Well, it goes back to what I was saying earlier on about having a mentor. And in this case, the first thing that Paul says to his protege Timothy is, look, remember me. Remember your mentor. Remember the things that you saw me doing through the trials and the persecution. Trials and persecutions, by the way, that you're going to go through too, because we all do. Timothy, follow my example, says Paul. As I look around and look back on my journey, God's put some of those people in my life too. Graham, of course, whom I mentioned earlier, Phil, the pastor of the first church I ever attended. What a powerful example that humble man has been in my life. And several others. And these are people who have acted as, well, as signposts in my life, keeping me on track to use the gifting that God has entrusted to me. Were any of them perfect? Well, of course they weren't. And yet God used them so mightily in my life. To tell you the truth, I simply wouldn't be here with you today had he not put these people along my path because I'm sure I would have wandered off in completely the wrong direction. And the second thing, the second thing that God calls us to use powerfully to stay on course is his word, the word of God. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believe knowing from whom you learnt it, and how from childhood you've known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. So many people imagine that they can follow Jesus without reading his word, the Bible, for themselves. And I'm sorry if you're one of those who subscribes to that school of thought, But it's just plain wrong. God's gone to an enormous amount of trouble to preserve with unparalleled degrees of accuracy the 66 books of the Old and New Testament so that you and I will what? Use them as a doorstop or an ornament or something in the cupboard? No. So that you and I will open them up 
and read them and allow God to transform our lives through his wisdom and his counsel. You see, we, we set off on the journey of life. We, we hoist the sails of the good ship, my life, and sail off on this beautiful, calm sea with the sun sparkling, but all of a sudden a storm hits. All of a sudden the winter of life hits, and all of a sudden we are drawn off course. God's word is the compass that keeps us going in the direction that God wants us to go. Friend, as I often say, you can't even make it through kindergarten on a 20 or 30 minute teaching session once a week. So why don't we Christians imagine that we can do that, make it through life, make it through the storms, make it through the blue sparkling ocean that's turned into this black foaming cauldron based on one short sermon on a Sunday. Come on, we can't. The Lord our God is so passionate about seeing you rekindle the gift that he's placed within you and me rekindle the gift that he's placed within me. He is so passionate. He knows the adversity. He spoke through Paul. We're all going to travel through persecution. Anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you've known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. God has put his word in your hand so that you can continue on the course that he has charted for you through this life and into life eternal with Jesus. He has given us signposts, godly men and women, and above all, he has given us his word to keep us on his path. Well, that's pretty much all we have time for today. But before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. Our passion here at Christianity Works is to see your life powerfully transformed as you draw ever closer in a rich, dynamic relationship with Jesus. So let me encourage you to check out the treasure trove of practical, relevant and life-changing Bible teaching on our website, ChristianityWorks.com. It's full of free resources to help you draw closer to God. So dive into that media lounge to watch our weekly Christianity Works television broadcast or the daily fresh devotional videos. Everything's been conveniently categorized so that you can easily filter the content to quickly lay hold of just the teaching you need for whatever you're going through today. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet I mentioned earlier. It's called Rekindling the Flame, and it's all about helping you become all that God made you to be. With all my heart, I know that Jesus wants to have a powerful impact on your life to bring you his joy, his peace, and his power. So go on, head across to the mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and check it out. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.